Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. All right, let's roll. I'm telling you, to this day, I think the Dolceki guys, I and. I think he lives in Vermont, but uh, I could be crazy. Game time decisions has begun. We're going to rage our radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Morenzi. Throwing it down with the Raging Redhead Cam Stewart. We've got a stacked show. Mark Lawrence, Gamble. Uh We're kicking it. Uh, we've got uh, football with the playbook uh, guru. And uh, we've got uh, football and MMA with Gamble. So uh, we should uh, we should have a good show uh, today. Although to be honest, I haven't uh, I haven't seen Lou online in a couple of hours time. But um, normally we'd get uh, we'd get advance warning if Lou couldn't do it. So I'm assuming Lou's good to go at five o'clock. He'll I know Mark Lawrence is good to go at four twenty. Lo- yeah, yeah, they're all good to go. And you know Lou, even if he's down his localing watering hole like he was uh, the last time, it'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be fine. Oh, you're in a pretty positive mood today, Kev. Oh, I, I actually am having. I'm having a good day today for some reason. I, I don't know why, but uh, yeah, I'm in. I'm. A, I'm in a positive mood. You know, it's hump day. Things are going okay, Marantz. He could be worse, buddy. Positivity. When I look at the Do- Dosecki's guy, though, he doesn't look like Vermont. I'm thinking more Arizona, Texas, or California. He looks more uh, southern. Yeah, hump day. So what does hump day mean? Is it's what the middle of the week type thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. Remember the commercial with the camel? Hey, everybody, what day? Hump day. And he's walking through the office. The Geico ad? Yeah, it's, it's hump day. It's okay. I guess Midway it's all right. If Can't you've complain. got something to hump. <laughs> like, I guess that's what it comes down to. <laughs> if you're doing humping on, on you know, otherwise, just like, <laughs> it's really not the middle of anything, is it? <laughs> yes, it's better if you have something to hump. Agree. Yeah, it's like uh, steak and BJ day. <laughs> it's only good if you have both, right? If you just have a, you know, if you have, if you have one both, or the other, yes. it's not. It's not. Steak I'll take and one BJ though. Day. Yeah, yeah, I'll take See, one. I did, but two's two's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So yeah, it's Wednesday. You can call it Hump Day, I guess. Uh, sure. If if you want, you can call it whatever you want, Cam. <laughs> you're free. You're free to call it whatever whatever you want. So. Um, Cam's gonna have a golf lineup for us too, and then you got a golf. I got a, cu- I got a couple. Right? Got a couple, Gabe. Yeah, it was actually it's weird. Like, yeah, no, I got up earlier today for some reason. Uh, I guess I got a new uh, thing for my sleep mask, and uh, maybe I'm breathing better because I feel like I have more oxygen in my body. But yeah, I got a couple lineups for you too. I got a high price lineup with a couple studs, and then kind of a a medium price lineup uh, with a couple guys from the bargain bin. So it should it should be uh, fun today, and and always, Gabe, a hockey lineup just for you, buddy. You know, Mike Blewett actually brought it up to me that uh, I believe he has sleep apnea as well. 
I don't think you guys have oh, ever talked about it, but I think Mike Blewett has a uh, sleep mask as well. He's a lot thinner than I am. So usually uh, I know like my dad has it. If, if you're not like a little bit overweight, usually like people that are overweight have it. But it's also to do with your jawline. When you sleep at night, a lot of the people who have a, like more uh, square jaws, I guess. I don't know. what, what That's what the doctor told me. It's the way you sleep or grind your teeth. A lot of those people have it. Mike seems pretty thin, though. So like uh, surprising. So what's the deal? Like you can't sleep without the machine, or it's dangerous without the machine? Like uh, you could know. die. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't you, think people really die. understand what the sleep apnea is. Basically, when you I go know, to bed and you're having, no, uh, it's it's not cool. Like it's it's actually very dangerous. Uh, I should go and uh, have an overnight test. The problem is when you got to go to, I haven't got a new machine in like ten years. You have an overnight test where they put electrodes on your head and they basically read, you know, when you're sleeping and not sleeping. So. When I did my test, they said I stopped breathing for a minute and 12 seconds. They said that's really bad. Uh, one of the worst cases. That's uh, like I have severe sleep apnea. So I have a machine that I strap on at night, like when I'm going to bed. I usually don't use it till I'm like right about to go to sleep because it's very uncomfortable. And I put it on there and I sleep and it uh, helps uh, regulate your breathing so you don't die when you sleep, basically. That's kind of in simple terms. Like you can actually, you don't get oxygen to your brain. Like you can actually die of it. A lot of people do. Did it take uh, used to? Uh, did it take a while to get used to it to be able to fall asleep with this thing? Never used to it. It sucks. And the worst thing about it is too, because I the, the tube. You either have a full mask, but I'm a little bit claustrophobic, so I went with the nasal, the nasal one. So it's just a soft little plastic. You get oxygen through your nose and stuff. The worst is, you know me, Gabe. Uh, sometimes too many salty foods with the chicken and stuff. So drinking water at night is a real bitch. You have to like kind of rip it off. So. Yeah, it's not fun. I wouldn't advise it. If you could stay away from sleep apnea as long as you can, Gabe, please do. So it's, it's not like, a fun situation. Uh, so it's almost like being in a hospital type thing when you go to sleep. A little light, light tube in the nose. Yeah, it, it's actually you not. Know when I when you see me with it, yes, it's kind of like when you see people with that stuff in the hospital. My tubing looks exactly like that. It's attached to a box and it regulates breathing. Yeah. Anyway, I'll give you yeah some. I didn't know Blue had had it. Wow. Maybe I'll yeah I'll chat chat to Mike about it. Well, I don't know. It's I, not cool. I could be crazy, and maybe he doesn't. Maybe I think Blewett lives in Vermont, too. <laughs> maybe I'm starting to lose it. <laughs> I'm losing it, buddy. <laughs> I'm starting to question myself. <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting to doubt myself. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. But, it, yeah, it's amazing that uh, with the technology that they can't come up with something a little smoother, Cam. Is there, like, a super sleep mask that's, like, really expensive, that's, like, really comfortable or something? Well, Portuguese Joe has it too, and uh, he showed me his mask. Uh, so his is a little sleeker than mine. On at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's deaf too. Like he can't hear me. I'm like Joe, Joe. Like you know what I mean? Like I see. Like sometimes I'm yelling at him. He's got no clue. And, <laughs> so what, he's and I'm not the type the of guy to. I'm, I'm not. Ta- I'm not the type of guy to knock on the door. So I just kind of leave. Like you know what I mean? Sometimes uh, it's it, yeah. It's it's a tough situation. Like he's got a real. He's got actually worse problems than me. Like he's got a he's got like a, a real hearing problem and apnea. Yeah, he's struggling. I wonder. Uh, yesterday we got a message from Mike, and uh, he's like, "You guys gonna talk about the the uh, <laughs> the progressive?" Yeah. Oh yeah. And he gave. Hour? Oh yeah. Right when, right when he gave us that, that message, though, the DFS hour I thought was very thorough. Yeah, yeah. He's like, any games you guys can talk about? You just planning on talking about Pitchman today? I responded to him. I said that was a good segment. I and thought it was he, a great segment. He responded, yes, it was. I voted yes for Flo. <laughs> so correct. Told him you never know. So I don't know. Are you happier, Mike? We're talking about Cam's medical uh, conditions. Now nah, he probably uh, to, wants uh, us to move on. 
to uh, to start the show. Well, I figured we'd just learn a little bit more about you. I mean, I, I know you, but I didn't know any. You know, I didn't know much about the sleep mask. Yeah, I've the even problem seen you is busted Gabe, out and stuff, but I never really. I you know, I don't really know much about sleep apnea. Well, we don't we don't sleep in the same room, right? We're grown men. When you get hotels, you go to your room, I go to my room. But yeah, just basically a tube with a machine. Helps regulate, and uh, yeah, so so I'll be around tomorrow. But I do have to go to the hospital for a new test because I haven't gone in years. Uh, they they have to because it's a computer in the machine, right? They have to recalibrate recal- the numbers because you get older. Uh, you might snore a little bit more. You might be more unhealthy than the last time you did it, right? So I might need different levels. It's a com- basically it's a tube attached to a computer box that helps you uh, breathe. Well, speaking of which, actually, I guess it's a good segue. Uh, I talked about this on the morning show, and I see Drew has uh, sent a tweet about this. Uh, Nike's new shoe uh, debuts tonight, uh, Cam, and I know you're very excited about that. You follow, oh, you follow the, uh, the ki- yeah, you follow the kick scene very, very closely. I actually I saw do. my I new actually, Adidas. I actually, you, you have nice shoes. Sharp. Actually, Cam does have sharp shoes, but I actually follow Slam Magazine NBA kicks. So it's basically just a, it's just <laughs> tweets about. Like shoes that players are wearing uh, on a nightly basis, uh, but yeah, tonight, uh, Cam. So Nike's debuting a new shoe tonight with uh, Jason Tatum and the Boston Celtics. Uh, he'll be wearing it actually against the Toronto Raptors, and uh, basically, it's the first ever shoe, Cam, that you operate with your phone and uh, and an app. Oh yeah, it's- yeah. I'm seeing this now. Nike goes back to the future with $350 self-lacing smart sneakers. With a phone there. Oh, interesting. Kind of tech like, under your feet. Jason I don't Tatum. even like, yeah, like right now, think about it. Like, as we speak right now, my cell phone, my battery is dead. It's been dead all day. Like, I had like 6, 8% in the morning. I used it uh, on the way to the studio. I was looking at things online, and then it died. And to be honest with you, I forgot about it. So just imagine, like, oh, yeah, you know, time to go. Trying to, trying to put your shoes on, and you can't because your phone's dead. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, what about laces? What about Velcro? Like, there you know there are no laces in the shoe either. When they say no, they're not. I know. I'm looking shoe. at the lights, and it's got it's got lights on the side too. I gotta be honest with you. Looking at this thing, it's very basic. Like, I know it's one of those new, modern, sophisticated things with double sw- like the swoosh and the dots that look kind of like planets. But I, I I I prefer laces, Gabe. I want to be able to tie my own shoes. I don't trust a phone to tie my shoes. Well, those More dots look like planets. Learn. No. Those are buttons. Yeah. <laughs> I know they are. They're light up. They're lit. They're 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 like they're lit. They're like yeah, computer they buttons. Like, yeah, it looks like, like a can, power button. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Like you can do it. That's what it is. Like you power your shoe, basically like um, uh, looser or tighter. So like basically what it says, like it ties your shoe. Basically, you put your foot in the shoe, and then like I don't know, you hit like. You know, the button tighten up on 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 the app or something, and the shoe tightens around your foot. Or then you can you know you can do uh, it if you don't if you don't have your phone, you could just like push that button. Yet I have another idea. You could just sort of tie your shoe as well or loosen. Yeah, your yeah, yeah that's kind of yourself. excellent thought. Now, here's another thing too. So you press the tightener one. Say the app jams tighter, 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 tighter. Like you know what I mean? What do you get? And eventually you just take off your shoe and throw it against the wall. Like there's so many well, things I with technology, the, as you know. It's I, we think the same because I said the same thing to Thank Corey. You. Well, I said, what happens if you you do tighter and it doesn't stop? Yes, it just crushes ex- your foot. 
Yes, you know I mean? yes, yes. That's exactly like what it's I was not thinking. Even, it's a machine suddenly. Like you're putting your foot in this, in this thing, and then you're trusting a machine, this app. Like what if it just gets angry one day and just like doesn't stop? Yeah. And I'm reading too. It has the pressure of the, uh, of the cord of a parachute. Like I don't want the pressure of a parachute in my shoelace. I don't need parachute God, shoelaces. No. <laughs> exactly. Like. <laughs> Sounds even worse. Like, I want my shoelaces to snap in case, like, shit hits the fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? I agree. Imagine, like, see, I, I don't know. I, I don't like the sounds of this. Like, I, you know, it's like, what do we have? Electric underwear next? You know what I mean? It, oh, it puts the pants on for you. You just sort of put your leg out. and like it, You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. Like, I want to yeah. put my own pants I see on. I see Hainzer's uh, uh, tweet here. I'm getting old. Maybe uh, make some skates that lace and tie themselves. Like tying up skates is a different story, but I don't trust that. I, I wouldn't trust that either, man. That's just you got to do them your way. There's a special way to do things. You know, Marenzi. Everybody's a creature of habit. Like you tape, you tape them the certain way. This one a little bit tighter, or whatever. The computer might be uh, thorough, but I, I'd rather do it myself. I'm sorry. And three hundred and fifty dollars for those shoes, pass. So, in other words, in the future. Kids will never know how to tie a shoelace. That's what we're going to yeah. end up at. Uh, exactly. If it's 350 exactly. bucks now, just imagine 30 years from now, this will be oh, like, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. remember when people used to tie their laces? Right? Like, If you want to get lazy, Velcro. Velcro, that's one of those things. You know what I mean? It's very simple. And you can make it a bit tighter or looser. The Velcro, you want to bring it over harder? You bring it over harder. You want to do it loose? Just a little bit there. I got no problem with Velcro. I Metal don't. Like pants. Very comfortable. I don't like tying my laces. I really don't. Like, um, Well, it's annoying some sometimes, reason, for sure. I don't know. For some reason, like, every shoe or boot I've bought over the last couple of years just, just doesn't, uh, I don't know, man. The laces are too short. They're too long. Too they're long. too tight. So yeah. I understand the, the search for perfection, yet I'm not really sure I want to pay 350 bucks to get annoyed by my shoe. Like, technology is just annoying. You know what I mean? Like, yep. they should have come up with this without the phone app and everything. Just some, you know, technology. Push the button. But seems to be pretty phone dependent. And I like how they're like, you can program it for different times in the day. So you're, yeah. you want to ease up. It loosens up. <laughs> yeah, great. Great great for serial killers, too. What, you got what, I'm planning a different route? Here's Stooch. Hey, Sports Rage, Cam. You know there's going to be an app that comes out that will allow your wife or girlfriend to track your every movement through the shoes. Now your shoes are going to be selling us out. <laughs> Excellent point, Stooge. Oh, Excellent point. A little GPS. <laughs> going to be able to track your little Nikes everywhere, every step yeah, you take. Yeah, D-D-D-D-I. Where do you go? Oh, I, 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 I went to the strip club last People oh, can you, already do that. Yeah, People can already do it if they're very sinister, so... They are. They put it in apps in your computer to find out what sites you've been. They put them under certain areas of your car to track you. I know. I, I watch this stuff all the time. It's all out there. This world's yeah. going to hell in a handbasket. One thing I noticed about you, Marenzi, I will say, knowing you for years, you got Goldilocks and the Three Bears Syndrome. It's so it's never perfect. It's a little bit too hot, a little bit cold, too cold with everything. Food, laces, whatever. You're just looking for it to be just right. Just it doesn't seem find, to get there. I can't no, find. Too cold, uh, too no. hot. Where's perfection? You're just... <laughs> E- it's either like John side. Gotti. You're always on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> John Gotti, when he was sentenced to life in prison, he was in the uh, he was in the elevator with the guards, and they were taking him away. And he said, "You know, all I wanted was a good tuna sandwich." It's funny because I'm actually eating a tuna sandwich as we speak. It's pretty good too. I don't know if I know, Gotti it's funny. Sent I can't his crew you- over there. 
I can't believe you said that. That's funny. I had tuna. I had tuna today too. It's weird. Absolutely. I just saw a can of tuna. I go, you know what? I could really go for a tuna fish sandwich. It was delicious. Exactly what you said. On a nice uh, soft crush, bread. Uh, Beautiful. Yeah, Beautiful. I got it done at a deli, a Jersey deli. It was actually pretty good. I've only been there a couple of times. It's it's like a little out of my way, so it's not really somewhere I go all the time. But I got to shake it up. I've been eating the same places often, right? So, yep. Pretty, 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 uh, pretty uh, kick-ass sandwich. I got to tell you. You know, you, you get to choose whatever you want to put on it. They had all different types of cheeses and rolls, bagels. Uh, quality deli. That's the one. There's good delis here. All right, no, we're going to take a quick break. Mark Lawrence joins us on the other side. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, try the number that I sent you uh, again in the Gmail chat. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat and Rage Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Gabriel Morenci, alongside Cam Stewart. So we'll uh, we'll get uh, Mark Lawrence on the line in a moment. We'll try to find uh, Gamble a little bit later on. I don't have a great feeling today, Cam. I got to be honest with you. Well, you're not you're not feeling it. You're saying you're, you're strong, uh, yeah, strong just... for a segment, but yeah, I don't. I think uh, I think we're gonna have trouble today. <laughs> really? I'm gonna try to stay positive. I'm gonna say uh, I think the troubles oh, are gonna be very, very. <laughs> you killed me. I'm not being mad. I'm not negative. I'm just saying. Like, uh... Yeah, you're saying you're you're feeling problems. It's a the vibe. No, I'm like the uh, it's in the I'm air. like the captain of a ship. Like the I know. Yeah. Like you know. Naive here comes the tidal wave. Waters are rough today. Yeah, waters are rough today. Hey, hey, Mark. Hey, there we go. Mark awesome. Lawrence now joins us. Playbook.com's uh, uh, Mark Lawrence. Mark, always a pleasure. How you doing today? I'm doing terrific, guys. How you doing? Good stuff, doing Mark. Good. Excited for some uh, some NFL football. Uh, last week, at least we had games on Saturday. This week, we need to wait uh, wait until Sunday. But uh, we've got a pretty glamorous uh, Final Four, Mark. Uh, the top uh, top four scoring offenses in the National Football League. Yeah, pretty neat to see that, and the NFL is, I'm sure, thrilled just the fact that the top four seeds overall are playing this weekend as well. So either way, I think whatever happens this weekend, they're going to be happy with whoever it is that makes it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, there seems to be a little bit um, very, very interesting. I guess, you know, this is what happens in today's day and age. We analyze everything throughout the week, uh, but uh, the referee, so Bill Vinovich, is going to be doing good old Vinovich. Oh, He's everywhere. Vinovich is terrible. Yeah, yeah. He's been that guy <laughs> screwed they, they the bills a, a couple of times. They put him on all the big games too. He's like Mister Sunday Night. That guy, unbelievable. So, wow. yeah, Vinovich will be doing a game. But what's uh, key to this is the Rams are zero and eight with Vinovich uh, refereeing. Zero and eight. The Saints are five and three. For the record, Vinovich did the Saints Rams game earlier in the year. 
ironically enough. Huh. But the Rams can't really complain. They only had four penalties. He only called six penalties in the whole game. So he left the he left the uh, the whistle in the pocket for the most part in the first game. But it's hard to overlook the fact the Rams are zero and eight. And it just makes me wonder if they're just trying to mess with the, with the Rams or Sean McVay and get get in their head of all guys. Like, uh, but that's what it is. And the Patriots got the same dose, guys, where the referee that inspected the footballs at Deflate Gate is the head referee in this football game uh, against the Patriots. And so, to, uh, pa- to, Patriot to your, fans to your are, point are all upset. To your point earlier, and the referee who did the Patriots-Chargers game, uh, after that went 5-0 ATS doing Patriots games. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. interesting trends with the referees. Very interesting. And I don't know if you guys remember, but you remember when there was a referee that was accused was celebrating with the Patriots after a touchdown? Yep. It's him. <laughs> oh, great. It's him that's doing the I've show. I've already bet on Kansas that City. He's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, he's, he's the one in, the, in this primetime mega game. It's just of all refs that you you pick, I know. Uh, strange, strange stuff. But, uh, Mark, they always said uh, defense wins championships. And the higher-ranked defense usually does win the Super Bowl. But it's pretty clear you better have a good offense. Otherwise, you're not getting to the Super Bowl. Well, this year, at least, uh, that's the case in point. Uh, none of these defenses are really sterling. Although, if you look at the New Orleans defense after they held Philadelphia to 250 yards last week, they are now a top 10 ranked defense in Orleans. In fact, they're top 10 offense and defense. Yeah, so that's you know that's one good trait that generally leads teams to Super Bowls. Now, whether or not that will work against the Rams and Vinovich this week remains to be seen. And Mark, uh, Gabe just uh, sent me over the coffee club. Great reading here and interesting stats you have with the home road dichotomies in that game. Great point. The Rams surrendered only 19.9 points away to 27.4 points at home in the Coliseum. So they're actually better on the road, the defense. In New Orleans, they're allowing 24 three points at home, but giving away 18.5 on the road. So very interesting. At least uh, Gabe brought up good points about the ref, but the numbers say, hey, maybe we're still going to take the Rams. Right, Mark? Yeah, by scoring averages uh, this football season, it's really dramatic uh, what the differences are between these two teams as far as the venues are concerned, these home road dichotomies strongly favors the Rams in this football game. And, you know, you couple that with the fact that uh, Sean McVay is 14-3 and in his career away from the Coliseum with the Rams. So they're not going to be intimidated at all in this football game, I don't think, by any way, shape, or form. No, I think, you know, I think it's somewhat of an advantage, and I guess it could be debated, but... The fact that they, you know, I used to always, you sort of think of the Saints and Rams as division rivals, but I guess that was a long time ago. They were in the yeah. same division, but they've been to the stadium already this year. They know what they're, they know what to expect. And you know, as I said, it's hard to beat the same team, to, uh, you know, in, in the same season twice or even three times, as they say. But you know, I think the Rams have a little bit. I think they can. They're confident. They're a good road team. They've been in this environment. They know what to expect. And it's not going to be any crazier. The Saints games are always crazy. So it doesn't, you know, it is what it is. You're just playing in the dome. Goff has been good on the road. And I think the Rams can take some confidence looking at the Saints uh, game tape from the last month, guys. You know, the Saints offense is starting to uh, hit a little bit of a wall. I don't know if Drew Brees has a tired arm, if he's got a dead arm. 
Um, I know Thomas had a big statistical game last week, but the Eagles secondary is pretty weak, and he was sort of a one-man show. They just don't have, like, ultra, you know, other guys to throw to, really, besides Michael Thomas. You know, I, th- I think the Rams are a very live team here, too, and I've been pretty high on the Saints. I've been thinking, you know what, the Saints are not going to lose at home, and they're going to make the Super Bowl, but if anybody can knock them off, if a team is built to do it, it's the Rams, and... You know, with that hook now up to three and a half, it's definitely uh, teaser material, guys, up to plus ten and a half with the Rams, yep. too. Well, they're teasing me with that three and a half as well, guys. And, you know, if you take a look at uh, the common denominator between the Rams and the Chiefs, same season revenge here, both of those revenge losses were costly losses because each of the teams were perfect. They were undefeated when they took those beats. The Rams were 8-0 and on the season, and they had their perfect season ruined when they came down here in this particular football game. And uh, one other interesting little note in this game, if you look at underdogs in championship games, when they're coming off back-to-back wins, they're 15-3 and to the spread. So the momentum carries well with uh, dogs there that way, which would favor the Rams in this particular contest. It would also get you to the Patriots in the other game, which I don't like, but the bottom line here is it does favor the Rams in this game. And the other side of the equation here, you're talking about the Saints and how good they've done. Unbeaten, as we all know, home in the playoffs with Breeze and Peyton, but they're only 2-9 and nine to the spread as home favorites in the playoffs, the Saints have. Uh, they haven't really fared all that well. And the other aspect that gets me looking to the Rams side of this football game is the fact that if you saw the cameras in the locker room in New Orleans after they beat Philadelphia, the first thing Sean Payton was telling his troops is, hey, guys, we just beat the champions. We just beat the champions. Well, guys who beat the defending Super Bowl champions tend to not show up the next week in the playoffs. They're just 1-12 straight up and 2-11 and to the spread if it's not a wow. Super Bowl game. If it's not that's a Super nuts. Bowl game. Yeah, that's that's a bad stat. <laughs> So sure I'm with is. you, Gabe. I think uh, I think the Rams uh, have all of what you need to knock off a team at home like New Orleans here. And, you know, uh, you take a look also of these four teams. Uh, there's nobody playing better than the Rams are right now. They've won and covered the last three games in a row coming in here. And the Saints have now got four straight point spread losses in a row. They're still not hitting on all cylinders. And Mark, Mark Lawrence uh, you, with us. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, uh, I think we're all going to take the Rams, Mark, and Gabe and I, you, we've been doing this for a really long time, and uh, a guy in Vegas told me a long time ago, teasers, yeah, this is what keeps the lights on, you know, like a lot of people during the regular season get burned, Mark, but what's your opinion, I guess, of a teaser, as you mentioned earlier, in these games that are going to be tight, like I could see Rams, New Orleans, that game being within three, and, you know, Kansas City, I still like them to beat the Patriots, but beating them more than 10, would you advise that? I know it's not really your style to do the teasers, but in I think the championship round, in comparison to the divisional round, it'd be more to look at that because uh, the games tend to be a lot closer well like you say uh like like you say cam i'm not a big teaser guy at all and in fact one of my best friends ran one of the world's largest sports books in costa rica and he told me that uh they made their money their profits hand over fist with teasers that's where all the money came from uh they just welcome teasers uh and if you look at at the tendency the trait in this championship round here There have been 17 straight-up underdog winners since 1990 that went on to to the Super Bowl, but only five of those 17 were dogs of three or less points, meaning that 12 of those 17 underdog winners were 
larger dogs of more than three or surprising upset winners here. We're not going to see that here because these numbers are both right around three here. So getting into teasers here, I think, uh, could end up uh, biting a person rather than helping a person because whoever's going to win this football game is going to cover this game. You know, obviously the dog would cover, but uh, if the favorite wins, the, it's proven that the favorite will cover the, the spread here as well. Let's take a look at uh, the New England Patriots and Kansas City Chiefs. Um, you know, the Patriots had home field advantage, so they got the bye week, but now, of course, they're on the road. And the road hasn't been kind to the New England Patriots in the playoffs. Yep. You know, it's one thing, you know, the Patriots, they, they're, oh, they're invincible, this and that. But there's really been a formula. Like, uh, Bill Belichick's never been to the Super Bowl when he wasn't, uh, when he didn't have uh, a bye. And he hasn't been to the Super Bowl, not as a one seed, in a long time as well. They've lost three straight games in this setting, uh, Mark. Um, you know, it was almost hard to believe so we double-checked, but it's true. They haven't won on the road in the playoffs in a conference championship game since 2006, guys. Remember they lost to Denver? I was actually on them. It was one of the rare times I took the Patriots. I thought they beat Denver. Remember they, they kept moving the ball? They got inside the 10-yard line, but they kept, like, stalling. They couldn't Field score. Goals. Yeah. yeah, Denver's defense stepped up. Then they went for it once. They didn't get it. So Denver shut them down, but... The Patriots, Mark, haven't had a ton of success on the road in the playoffs, despite all the ton of playoff success that they've had along the way. They haven't had a good success this season as well, Gabe. Uh, what Cam alluded to before about those scoring averages for the Rams also works here to the Chiefs' favor as well. If you break the Chiefs' numbers down, uh, you, you look at what they've done at home here. They've only allowed 17.4 points a game at home. They coughed up 34.6 games away, away. 18 points. That's that, that's a huge. That's that's a mega. That's a mega difference. Okay. That's crazy. And you, you, you take a look at New England at home. They allowed 17.9, but they gave up 24 points a game on the road this year. Look at the Patriots' stats this season here. Eight and one at home. They won the stats by over a thousand yards, a thousand and forty-seven yards. On the road, they were three and five, and they lost the stats three hundred and fifty-two yards. This team gets lost away from home, and here to me is the clincher, guys. As you take teams, you put them on the road in the playoffs after they've been camped at home for three straight home games, home cooking. They're just three and fourteen straight up into the number. Bad numbers for the Patriots here, and if they're going to overcome all this and make it to the Super Bowl, it'll be the first time ever they've done it after losing in the Super Bowl the year before. And you can't bet on feelings, uh, but you can't help but get the feeling that with Andy Reid winning that game last week that, you know, people now, we, you know, we can drop the Reid curse, so to speak. I think people, oh, Andy Reid, Andy Reid, oh, he'll find a way. You know, it's like like he's some sort of bumbling fool or something like that yeah. when it's not easy to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, the guy's been one of the most successful coaches in NFL history, and he gets that win. This team's just a little bit different. I mean, they're fearless. Yep. They're a young team. They're fearless. Mahomes clearly doesn't feel pressure. You know, we keep waiting for him to feel that pressure. He really doesn't. And he doesn't in the pocket. You can see it in his face. You know, I mean, the one time this year, I swear to God, once all year was when there was two minutes left in the Ram game. And there was one time, and there was a close-up on him. They were down. They were trying to move the ball. And he sort of looked around, and he sort of looked uncertain. And he threw an interception on, like, the next play. Remember, he threw two picks in a row in that football game. 
yet he really doesn't make mistakes. And even the chief players who are veterans say, no, he's calmer than we are. Like, he's he really just doesn't get nervous. And, you know, they're at home in the vicious cold. I think the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. And like I said earlier in the day, Kansas City Chiefs going to the, for the, super, to the Super Bowl, Mark, for the first time since Len Dawson was having a smoke at the Super Bowl. Uh, I remember it at halftime. I remember that well because at the time I was stealing my mother's cigarettes and uh, that became a problem. <laughs> if Dawson and my mom could do it, so could I. <laughs> yeah, so imagine, guys, so at the Super Bowl, I think it was uh, 1970, um, Len Dawson, there's a famous picture, great shot, we'll find it. Yeah. We'll tweet it out again, but great shot. So it's halftime. He looks all stressed like they're losing, the, you know, they're losing the game. He looks all stressed. and He's having a smoke. And there's a bottle of Coca-Cola at his feet. So he's slamming a Coke and having a smoke at the half. Oh, <laughs> love Len Dawson style, Gabe. <laughs> Hank yeah, he was, he, yeah, he was quite a character, Dawson. And, in fact, you know, rumored to have bet on some games himself uh, as well. But, you know, that's another story for another time. Uh, one other sidebar note here, guys. Uh, you're talking about this football game here at Andy Reid. Uh, Andy Reid has really, in his career, chewed up AFC East teams. Uh, he's gone 19 and 8 to the spread against them in his career. Uh, 16 and 5 uh, if they're sub 750 opponents here. So he's not going to be intimidated in this football game at all. And remember, for as much as you want to maybe uh, throw darts at Andy Reid in the postseason here. He's got a ton of coaches that have coached underneath him, behind him, that uh, that really, really admire him as a head coach. And uh, um, remember, Gabe, when we were out in Vegas for uh, the IFBC com- conference, and uh, uh, the, I was on uh, on stage with the coach, and the coach was also a Randy, uh, an Andy Reid disciple, uh, Jim Fossil. Jim Fossil. Yeah. yeah Fossil. Exactly. Exactly. You know, had just nothing but good things to say about him. So Andy Reid is is a lot smarter than uh, than his belly purports him to be. You know what would be nice, a little bit of uh, payback, too? So you mentioned he's 19-8 and eight in his career against uh, AFC uh, East teams, uh, ATS. One of those covers was the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. So here he gets the Patriots again in the playoffs. It's not the Super Bowl, but a little bit of payback. He gets an opportunity. He gets Belichick here. Reed, and listen. Andy Reid's won enough football games to be a Hall of Fame coach, yet people are going to dangle the postseason failures. I mean, Andy Reid is coaching for a spot in the Hall of Fame, guys. He wins the Super Bowl. He's going to the Hall of Fame. Look, you know, he might, he might, he might, anyways, because he has that much respect that's, that's amongst people. A, that, that's but. a great point you make there, Gabe, because uh, you do that, and all of a sudden the talk will be there about Andy yeah, Reid. So Andy Reid think- wins this game. He's a Hall of Famer. This guy's it's it's a rematch Rams and Chiefs oh, the Monday night Monday night thrill in Manila. This is going to be a replay. Yes. yes. Yeah, and it's, I've been pulling for the Rams to win the Super Bowl, but I tell you, I'm getting the feeling the Chiefs are going to be the winners. It's going to be a rematch, and then the Chiefs are going to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, great stuff, Mark. Mark Lawrence, Playbook.com. Thanks, Mark. 
Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Boston Celtics, uh, Toronto Raptors this evening. Home team's been dominant in this uh, rivalry. The home team is 7-0 against the spread in the last Toronto Raptor-Boston Celtic games. Uh, Toronto Raptors 0-4 against the spread in their last uh, four divisional road games. Uh, looks like it leads to Boston tonight, but the thing is, Boston's not playing well, Cam. Boston have lost three straight basketball games, and, they've, you know, I talked about it in the offseason. I was one of the only people yep. who did, and I, I was I was like, man, yeah, Boston are really good. They have all this talent, but wonder about their chemistry. And, you know, last year Kyrie Irving was out and Hayward was out, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the playoffs really came alive and lit it up. Terry yep. Rozier... Uh, was around. Yeah, and they were a really good defensive team. They were cohesive, and people... They liked remember, each other. Yeah, and exactly. And if you remember, too, it's amazing. People have short attention spans, but people last year or after were freaking out about how stupid everybody was for not taking Jason Tatum. Oh, Jason Tatum should have been the first pick overall, and it's sort of ridiculous that he wasn't, and Celtics are geniuses for taking him. And in the offseason, I said... With Kyrie Irving coming back, I told people, I said, you know, Kyrie, like, is the star player, basically. He needs to shoot all the time. That's what he does. And I said, it's going to it's going to get in the way of Jason Tatum's development into a superstar. And lo and behold, that's exactly what's happened. Tatum's good, but he's, he's just another guy suddenly now because he's just another guy. They, they, you know, you got Gordon Hayward, um taking shots now that they gave big money to. So he's got to get the basketball. It's like politics. And while we paid this guy and he's a free agent and, you know, we got to get him the ball and there's team chemistry. And you saw Jalen Brown and, uh, and Morris got into it last week, you know, slight disagreement, but whatever, you know, they're arguing during timeouts. At the, they're to the point where they're arguing during timeouts, this team now. And it's not just a one-off. Like, they've had team meetings, and the thing is, Kyrie Irving doesn't play defense. So, remember, like, when they had Isaiah Thomas, and he was wicked. He scored a million points, yeah. but remember, they got way better without him. That's why they got rid of him. Exactly. He was just They trucking. were like, damn, no when he's deep. hurt, when he's, he's hurt, better. we give up, like, 20 points less a game. And we're actually exactly. a better Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, with Kyrie Irving, it's not quite to that extent, but, but it's bad. Kyrie Irving twists the... He's essentially Isaiah Thomas again. 
You know what I mean? It, he, they're right back to where they started, ironically enough. And as much as I like Danny Ainge, and I think the guy's a genius, he outthinks himself. If you'll notice, Cam, it's, it's been about seven years now, bro, five years or so, that the Celtics are loaded. Oh, man, the Celtics have all these draft picks. They just traded this. They just did that. You notice, though, he never lets the team gel. He's always like, nah, tinkering. you know what, we're really tinkering. good, but He's let's tinkering. throw Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving in here. Yep. It's you like your what? basketball coach, there's only five guys. You're, you yep. just changed two starters. That's, you just changed 40% of the team. You know what I mean? Like it's of, of the way we play, he over, he over, you know, he just overdid it a bit. It's like cooking. A little too much seasoning. Like he's yeah. a master chef, yep. but he was like, yeah, a little more seasoning, a little more seasoning. Yeah. Too much. And spice. finally, he just over-seasoned. You know what? Excellent points you bring up. And you know what the problem is? Yeah, and Danny Ainge is a bright guy. But you know what? When you think you're the smartest guy in the room, you said it, Marenzi, always tinkering. Never letting things settle in. You know what I mean? Oh, I got to do this. I got to outthink myself. I got, like, you know what I mean? The hamster's on the wheel. But sometimes when the hamster's on the wheel, he's not running. Uh, you know what I mean? It, you're running too much. You need time to relax as well. And I'm with you. And I he think still wants Boston, to bust it up now. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And that's he the wants thing. That's that, he wants downfall. Anthony Davis. He wants Anthony yeah. Davis. So that's the big thing. He's like, well, if we just got Anthony Davis. It's like, yeah, well, you think you're just going to get Anthony Davis without (laughs) giving up, like, serious parts of your team? Your whole team. (laughs) Yeah. And you know who they're going to give up is Jason Tatum. Yeah. So, and others, Terry Rozier, Jason Tatum, and another player type thing. Yeah, exactly. So then suddenly you're not the Boston Celtics anymore. You're Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. You know what I mean? So all your work that you just built up this roster, you're about to blow up. And there's a rumor that's been circulating for a couple of days, but I don't have a problem with him coming to the Raptors, but they've got to find a different way of getting him here. And uh, it's Bradley Beal. The Bradley Beal to the Raptors talk. And I've heard this before, so I you know, I'm, I somewhat believe it, only in a sense that the Raptors, the Raptors are really good. But what's the one thing they miss, Cam? A three-ball shooter. Yeah. A good three-ball shooter. Guys a guy like cold. just sort like of. Consistently. A, 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 a score. Score. Like Kawhi's a pure score. Score. You know, Kyle Lowry's the point guard. But yeah. Van Fleet. A guy no. that, you know what? We're going to pop it to him, and he's going to score. Yeah. Bradley Beal can do that. Oh, right? Yeah. But Bradley Beal doesn't come cheap either, man. No, and he doesn't. They're not going to give him away. <laughs> they, want, uh, they want Siakam. They want Siakam and Ananobi. No. And we can't do that. I'm no, not doing you can't. it. Like, you I'm, I'm going to say, no, 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 no. You know what I mean? I like, I don't want to throw OG under the bus, but if we could do Ananobi and a pick or something, I can. Yeah, I, would, I agree. You There's keep no one way of those in guys. hell. There's you no way in one. hell we're trading pa- Pascal Siakam. What are you, insane? The, guy, the, the, the guy's like the most improved player in the league. He's going like, to get better. There's and no better. way in hell. Yeah, exactly. The guy's damn good already, but. Like that's that's out of the question. So we'll see what happens. But I think that I think Masai Ujiri and the Raptors are going to tweak a little bit. But I don't know. I don't trust Boston tonight, Cam. Even though the home team is seven and zero in this series. Yeah. No, I understand. No, and I you know you read the playbook, the coffee club. Like great, they're great statistics. I I kind of like the Raptors in this spot. To be honest with you, I think they're uh, you know they're they're a team that they beat Boston. It's a statement game. I still think they can. Uh, they're a better team. They're getting two and a half points. They're plus one twenty on the money line. 
I'd have a lean to Toronto. Uh, I, I think the Raptors can win this game. I, I think they can beat Boston. And you said it, man, earlier in the in the opening. Boston is in horrible, horrible form right now. Are they? What are they going to do? Snap their fingers, flick a switch? It might not happen there. It might take games and games and games to get it right. So I have a lean to Toronto, and it's not just a hometown opinion. I really believe that's uh, you're getting one twenty plus two and a half, three. Sign me up. Kyrie Irving is is probably the biggest problem here. And it's ironic because he missed all he missed last year and he's back and the chemistry's bad. And you see, there's a story here. So Kyrie Irving, uh, Kyrie Irving calls out Celtics young guys after loss uh, the other night. Like, who are the young guys? Like, what are you talking about? So what, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum? It's like, dude, you're not even a Celtic. You know what I mean? Like, you, you haven't been there. How many games have you even played there? And you're calling everyone else out all the time. And another thing is, he's a free agent at the end of the year, Kyrie Irving. And he's there's heavy there. rumors that he's going to leave, right? So, he, you know, that's the thing with Kyrie. He wanted away from Cleveland. He wanted away from LeBron. He wanted to be the man. Now he goes to Boston, and he doesn't like it. You know, he doesn't like, the, I don't think he likes the pressure. I don't think he's, he's just not fitting in with the Celtic organization. Now, of course, he gave them a verbal commitment because they came to him and they were like, dude, you know, we, we bring you in, you get hurt. And all we hear in NBA circles behind the scenes is about how you're leaving. You know, so, and he told them, and they couldn't sign anything, but he said, no, no. He said, I verbally commit. And I guess he told the room, I'm not leaving next year. But him leaving next year is already back verbal up on commitments, the table. Verbal commitments mean jack. <laughs> yeah, and all he can say is, oh, at the time, what's, what's I thought I would stay, but things didn't work yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. I know. Well, oh, I'm a man of my word. Uh, yeah, no, no. If he wants to leave, he'll leave. And what's 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 the ongoing uh, preface here? Well, sports. He has a contract for gone. one year. He's not an obligation gone. to stay there. I know. He's like the flavor. He's like the flavor. And then all of a sudden, you know, you get to see it after a while, and it's like bye-bye. It's like, you know what I mean? Well, Buddy, is the grass going to be greener on the other side? The other side? How many other teams do you have to go to? Well, you know where he's rumored to go, Cam. You know where he keeps on rumored to go. And I swear to God, I'm thinking he might ruin them too. Brooklyn. I don't want to know. You got a good thing going with Brooklyn right now. I know. Like this team's playing good basketball. You don't need that type of guy there. No, you need young, hungry guys that you got. Like your nucleus is good. You guys beat from New Jersey the other night. You were smoking them. Kyrie's from New Jersey, so yeah. this is this is the homecoming. Well, oh, I understand. I understand. Knicks, I just don't think he if could. Me and you were GMs of that team. We're not. I don't want him around that. The, these me guys. either. I know it's a cash twenty two. We've, we've, we've seen this. If movie you're the Knicks, you jump all over him. If you're the Knicks, yeah. you're going to jump all over. I agree over, with that. Right? You're going to be I'll like, welcome home. That. Oh, we're glad to have you. Not the Nets. If I'm the Brooklyn, Nets are going in yeah, a different thing, direction. Thing is, if you're Brooklyn, it's like, yeah. You get Kyrie Irving, and it's a star player, all right? And the, the Brooklyn Nets have a hard time getting people assigned with them. So, and I've always said it's a good, you know, it's a good franchise. It's a good situation there. They just need the first major guy to sign. And other people will say, hey, it is New York, and I don't got to worry about the circus of the Knicks. And, you know, there's a lot of positives about Brooklyn. But like we were saying, they got a good thing going with Dinwiddie and D'Angelo Russell and and and, and uh, Hollis Jefferson. Like they don't need the Nets have very good chemistry. 
Kyrie Irving will ruin that chemistry. Like, I, if I'm the Nets, I'd be like, I, I don't know if we want this guy. I'm with you. Uh, I agree with you 100%. And that's the thing, too, Gabe. What? So you're a pure, pure scorer and, and not playing on defense? What does that do? You you know what type of players ruin teams? It's that type of player. The chuckers that don't do anything on the other end, and it pisses off other guys that are going to want want to play defense. You get into arguments. and Well, they got to cover forward, for them, right? That's the destruction. That's the arguments. Everyone loves a score. Hey, yeah, yeah, you're scoring, scoring. But you know what? If you can't defend anything and you're a good, and you're a good two-way player, you look at that guy. It's like that floater in hockey. You go, what are you doing, man? How come you never back check? You're always floating around. Pick up your guy coming back. You can't just let them have odd man rushes like that. Same as basketball. You got to do the same thing. Well, it and, makes it uh, worse just because you can Cap, score. When, yeah. when number one, you're, he's not even a teammate of yours. You know what I mean? He is, but. Yeah. Yeah, you never, you don't really even opinion. know. How many games you don't do even you know Kyrie Irving if you're on the Celtics. <laughs> exactly. Like, you kind of know him, but you don't. Know, like, he but... wasn't there with you in the playoffs last year. He wasn't, like, this grinding talking and shit about right? right? And exactly. He talks, sh- <laughs> he talks shit about the players all the time. And, and then behind the scenes, they're like, he's not even going to be here. So imagine. They're like, this yep. guy doesn't play D. He talks shit to the press about us. Yeah. And, and he's leaving. He's probably leaving. Yeah. So imagine, no like, thanks. when we say they got chemistry problems, and don't think you think, look, the Warriors said the same thing to Kevin Durant, and that's the that's the Warriors. So imagine the Celtic players are all the same, because that's exactly what happened. They got in the room, and Kevin Durant started bitching at Draymond Green, and Draymond Green told him to f off. He said, "Dude, you're leaving at the end." He said, "He told him point blank." He said, you've been here two years. You're not even one of us, and you're leaving at the end of the year. We all know you're leaving. You're not even hiding it. He was like, just shut up. You have nothing to say. And basically, it was like, ooh, in the room. And you know it's the same thing. This is the problem with the NBA. when well, you guys are free agents. See, the Raptors are different. The Raptors are kissing Kawhi Leonard's ass, right, hoping that he'll and, stay. Let's bring up the in. And management uh, treats him with kick gloves, Gabe. You know, hey, Kyrie, well, you, uh, you want, uh, or Ka- Kawhi, you want to sit? Damn right you're going to sit. What's up, Briggs? Hey, how What's up, Briggs? Hey, Good hey. stuff, Briggs. What's going on? What do you like tonight? Um, not much. I like the Raptors. I'm on that. And I bought Houston down to two and a half. I think they beat the Nets. I think the Nets been on the road for a minute. And then I did a little three-team money line parlay with Auburn, Houston, and Texas Tech. Yeah, the Nets, the Nets coming off uh, coming off the big win against Boston could be a little bit of a letdown. The Nets are not but, a great road yeah. team, and man, point spread's pretty short, isn't it? When five well, and a half. I bought it. It was five and a half, but I bought it down to two and a half. Yeah, that's hardcore. Yeah, I'm looking at this NBA card. Warriors played hey, last Cam. night. Cam, you there? Yeah, yeah. What's up, Briggs? What are you, what are you How saying? How much? How are you doing, sir? How much? How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing pretty then, good, buddy. <laughs> hey, hey, Cam, you'll like this. I did a little late-night parlay with with Johnson versus Stenson, Brooks Kepka versus Hatton, and yeah. Lowry versus I don't know what his name is. <laughs> well, you won. Oh, well, Lowry shot a 10-under today. He's leading. He's leading. And he I got him bananas, at plus 180. Interesting, yeah, and I'll tell you, watch out for he's in second place. And I told Gabe, watch out for Louis Ustase in uh, in this tournament. I know, I think his live odds are about eight to one to win. 
Um, he, yeah. he shot seven under. I think Kepka was five under. So those guys are the top three. But if this guy's in form, he can win any time, and you get value on him because he's not as popular as, like, DJ or Kepka or any Kepka, of these other yeah. guys. Yeah, great great start for yep. uh, the Irish Bear, Shane Lowry. Ten yeah, under. Yeah, he Woo. came fire. Yeah, that's smoking. That's amazing. More golf picks tonight, too, Rick, so tune in. Oh, I'm in. I'm in for the next two hours. I'm driving back right now. <laughs> Were you drive back from the book? Yeah, yeah. I just went down real quick and jet back. I'm going to go, go, for the uh, I'm gonna go on thing. Saturday. I'm going to go okay. on yeah, Saturday. Yeah, I'll be there Saturday. Um, the yeah, UFC so, Saturday night uh, in Brooklyn. UFC but fight. Um, I know. I think, yeah. The UFC if I can fights find some are cheap sa- tickets, we'll go. Yeah, or just watch it at the book and get the bets in earlier today. But yeah, uh, makes sense. We'll figure something out. But yeah, I'll definitely be there all day Saturday. Too bad Parson. Uh, Parson's scared of the UFC. It's like let's go to the UFC. He's like, ah, oh, I don't like that stuff. It's all bloody and I know. I'm like it's a <laughs> He's sport. Scared of it. It's just He's like a boxing. It's not like my wife. Yeah. I offered to take her to the fight this weekend. She's like, no, not to see people just beat each other. It's <laughs> not rigs. It's opposite of my mm. girlfriend. Like it's, she's very weird with sports. UFC is her favorite sport. It's the only thing she wa- She loves. She loves women fight, men fighting. Like, uh, and then she'll like and like tennis. She likes tennis and UFC. Go figure. <laughs> UFC know. is much less brutal in person than it is. It like is. On it's not as. Uh, and uh, but I, I, I'm yeah. gonna be honest with you. I know people don't like it. I like to see the octagon a little bloodied and stuff like that as the fights progress. Man, it's like. You're getting paid to fight. When's, it's all right. They're trained fighters, man. When's Gambling? Is it Gambling Lou coming on with the UFC fight? Yeah, Gambling's coming yeah, up. Yeah, Gambling's coming We're up. Run through the yeah, card. I think he's coming up next. Yeah, we'll talk to him. We okay, got, perfect. We got Joe, Joey Odessa on the radar, too, for the morning after. We're one of the best in the business. So uh, we'll, we're, we're going to have this UFC Brooklyn covered over the next couple of days. Yeah, I tune in all the time. But I'll let you guys go. Nice talking to you guys. I'll see you Saturday, Gabe. Hey, thanks, Take Riggs. care, Riggs. Good stuff, Riggs. All right, cheers. Bye. Uh, Riggs on his way tr- home to he, Connecticut he, for yeah. the book. That's a, that's the thing. Like, imagine like you you put it there, Gabe. Like, you don't have to go there. You don't have to do the trip. Like, remember, imagine it was just at MSG. Okay, I'm right there. Thank you. You leave the studio. Boom. You go after your show. Not a problem. Go home. Relax. Try something new for dinner, like butter chicken. Put it in your rotation. Well, there's uh, good good news, bad news for uh, people who want to bet in New York on sports. Um. That we'll, we'll, we'll jump in on the other side. Uh, we'll hit as, as the show goes. All right, we'll get Lou up. Uh, coming up next, Lou. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Game Time Decisions. Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage Radio, Level 2. Quick uh, first hour, quality stuff. One of the best in the business. Mark Lawrence joined us, playbook.com. Uh, Gambler will join us in a second. We talked about this earlier, but the news broke this morning, the morning after. Uh, Ennis Cantor 
Last week we were making fun of them for the cheeseburgers, but there's no no laughing matter now. As uh, Turkey, Turkey has uh, put an arrest warrant out for him. Yet, I don't think people realize the severity of this. That Turkey with, through Interpol, and there's basically he's been he's been red flagged. Yeah. So which means if you are if you have an arrest warrant out and you've been flagged by Interpol, it means that the closest law enforcement are supposed to pick you up immediately. Right? So he's been charged with being a terrorist in Turkey. So it's a serious charge. And you know, we, we're going to have some real, real, real international intrigue, man, all over Ennis Cantor <laughs> over the next couple of days. And as I stated earlier, you know, who knows what the hell Donald Trump will do? Donald Trump could give him to him. Donald Trump oh. doesn't like that cleric that's in Pennsylvania to begin with. I mean, they, they already, like, there was rumors they were reportedly close to turning the cleric over. There's a cleric that tried to overthrow the government in Turkey. Barack Obama gave him an immunity in the States. He's in Pennsylvania. Trump likes to do anything, uh, undo anything that Barack did. And if he goes, he's done, Gabe. Like, if he, if he goes back there, he's dead. Like, he can't go back. Yeah, they'll execute him. Yeah. They'll give him the death penalty. Oh, for sure they will. Yeah, so no, no, I don't know. They're like, oh, Cantor. They're like, Cantor's at can't the go to New York Nick facility. Pr- no, they've already left. It's killed. tomorrow. They said he's at the facility yeah. practicing now. Yeah. yeah. He's practicing like yeah, he's on the phone with practicing. a lawyer right now. I guarantee you. They better hope, man, the government steps up for him. But he's not American, so. so they might not. They might just say he's not worth the trouble. And, but the international community will freak if they turn over Cantor and Cantor gets true. killed. Let's bring in uh, Gamblu. Uh, right now, Lou Gamblu.com, who is not wanted by the Turkish government. What's up, Lou? <laughs> I've never been wanted by any government. And I got to tell you guys that uh, though I was a political science and history major in college, it's been 35 years since I've been in college that I've even thought about the stuff you're talking about. So I hope the best for Turkey. I hope the best for Mr. Cantor. But I thought we were going to talk about UFC and NFL. Hey, we're here to uh, we got to keep people on top of the breaking news. Yeah, uh, everything. Lou, we're not, we're not here trains. to give us your take on uh, international relations. <laughs> yeah, unless you take me to a Beirut bar some night, uh, I don't know if I can offer anything, any kind of help. What school did you go to again, Lou? Where did you considering, graduate? I went considering. Beirut I graduated not from in the, Turkey, so yes. <laughs> Galu graduated from the Harvard of the Southwest, Cam, the University of Arizona. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're a wildcat. Yeah, you know what they say about the Sun Devils. Uh, that's uh, yeah, yeah. You, the, Arizona's a better reputation uh, scholastically, I think, uh, Lou, than uh, than Arizona State does. Correct. Well, there was a recent rating out, and to be fair to Arizona State, they were ranked 46th, and Arizona was ranked 42nd. So the only reason I know that is because we just beat I, – I, as long as we can beat ASU by one, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. You know, they actually say that, that uh, Arizona State, like it used to be known as the number one party school, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, party school. Yeah, actually, um, Wisconsin has um, has dislodged them. Wisconsin actually is the biggest party school now. And Iowa's right there as well. NC State's a big party school. But, yeah, ASU, like, they sort of take offense that, like, the school sucks. And I guess it really doesn't. 
Um, yeah, I remember years ago, someone called me out on it. I was like, ASU, where they major in sun tanning, right? And, you know, somebody's like, all right, I go to ASU, check it out. Like, if, you look at, if you look at their academics, it's actually, it's actually not that bad. And, and they, have hot, uh, they have hot girls. Ladies, so yeah. who has the hotter girls, though, Lou? That's the real question. Or uh, you know, is that I, just I, a I would, push? You know, the, 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 both schools are really dynamic and good. And Arizona State is a huge feeder to because it's in Tempe, the southeast side of Phoenix, and the whole southeast side of our of the Phoenix Valley is really high tech jobs with Intel, Motorola, and other very high tech aerospace kind of industries. And ASU's college, as well as the U of A, feeds into that. But employers love it when there's a college there, and ASU is really a great institution in all due regard. Now, as far as where the girls are the hottest, the only difference between these two schools is to be found in the dynamic difference in their geography. Uh, Arizona State's kind of in Tempe. It's in a city. There's streets and parking lots and hustle and bustle. Oh, yeah, and Arizona, yeah, yeah. Arizona's totally a campus that's segued. No streets in there at all. A huge yard, and it's much more enclosed. So the person that's going to really See, like the physical setting of one school won't like the other. They're just very, very physically different. But other than that, the cultures are the same. Very, very something new every day, buddy. Down, yeah. every I didn't know that. I, did, I didn't realize that campus in Arizona was sort of isolated just at a campus. And good segue, actually, although I was thinking we'll start with NFL today. But Arizona State, Lou, of course, has also been one of the bigger feeders uh, of of athletes into mixed martial arts uh, as well. From you know all my look, you know that I mean being in that backyard. But those are all my guys there: Ryan Bader, uh, Dolloway, Kane Velasquez, all Arizona State guys. Uh, Eric Moraga. Simpson, yeah, absolutely. John John Moraga. Moraga was there one year only, but uh, yeah, Moraga didn't strike me as the type of guy that was going to stay eligible for four years, Lou. <laughs> <laughs> You know, Gabe, for, for being for being so <laughs> far away, uh, that's really a very in, that's a very astute observation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told you I know those guys. So, <laughs> uh, well, I lived in Vegas. I was closer. I know. Uh, I used to know the manager for for all that, like basically all of them. And I was pretty close with uh, with uh, with Aaron too, with Aaron Simpson. I got I always got along well with Bader, but I was more buddies with like uh, Aaron. Aaron Simpson's a really interesting guy. He's not like your typical fighter type of guy, but he was the head wrestling coach at ASU. Uh, Oklahoma right, State's another. Are, oh. Go ahead, Lou. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I was going to say all those guys are power MMA on the southeast side of the town. All those Tempe guys hang, hang together. There's three main gyms. Cejudo has one. Uh, all the ASU guys have one. And then there's the lab. All right. So let's just stick with MMA right now because you mentioned Cejudo. So Cejudo is one of, the, one of the more decorated real wrestlers, Olympian, gold medalist, real badass. Yet. Yeah, his stand-up was very, very, very rudimentary. His his physical, his his body, he sort of looked like a jockey cam. This guy, real small dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Not really powerful. You hear, ah, oh, but he's you know world-class wrestler, Olympic wrestler, and he was. But you know, he wasn't he wasn't a mixed martial artist. Lou, I see pictures of Cejudo now. I'm like, dear God, like he's he's 
This guy is his body is grown, bro. This guy's like grown into whoever he is, hasn't he? Henry Cejudo is a unbelievably dynamic athlete, and I've been taught that if you could sculpt a fighter, and if you could if you could start with a world class wrestler, then that's where you start, and then you add and subtract and complement. Well, Henry Cejudo is beyond a world-class wrestler. Henry Cejudo is an Olympic gold medalist, as well a dynamic athlete. And so you have a kid, and you saw what he did from Mighty Mouse 1 to Mighty Mouse 2 into two years. Uh, yep. Anyone that underestimates Henry Cejudo is making a terrible, terrible mistake. And I have. I have in the past, and I did against Mighty Mouse. No, well, no, listen, no no one saw that uh, coming. And here we are, once again, people are doubting him, Lou, against T.J. Dillashaw. Yeah, it's a hoodo in that fight. So, Dil- you got Dillashaw, who's Dillashaw. Dillashaw is really good, but I've always found that Dillashaw is really, his number always seems to be overinflated a little bit. You know, like, uh, he's, he's the media likes him. The public seems to jump on board and elevate him a lot. I'm, you know, it, the number seems high to me for a guy that we just talked about the accomplishments that, that Cejudo has. You know, this fight really fascinates me, and, it, and, and it's great that it's this weekend because I think that as far as when you talk sports and, you know, I don't want to be too Robin Black here because he's his own unique person. But the artistry and the matchup between TJ and Cejudo is going to be fascinating to me because, yeah, TJ's a good wrestler, but he ain't anywhere near the wrestler Cejudo is. And I know he don't want to go on the ground. No matter what he says, he don't want to wrestle Henry. And at the same time, I don't think Henry's striking is sufficient enough that he's going to be able to really hurt TJ Dillashaw. And so with that said... I think Dillashaw, who's going to be the much bigger man the night that they fight, is going to attempt to come straight at Cejudo and try and keep this striking and, in essence, walk him down. I think he's going to. And yet, Cejudo's athleticism and the fact that he is a natural 125-er, he's going to be – now, TJ looks lightning fast against Cody Garbrandt. But TJ ain't going to look lightning fast against Henry Cejudo, I guarantee it. And so this is going to be, can TJ touch uh, him? Go ahead, Gabe. I was going to say, Lou, all, and all that time that TJ Dillashaw is stalking him and walking him down, concentrating on punching him in the face, it's opportunities for Cejudo to shoot and take him down. Yeah. Good I think call. That, I, think there's, I think there's that opportunity. Maybe not as much early when TJ's fresh. Make no yeah. mistake about it. The Cejudo plan is to get this to round four because they think then the weight cut is going to affect TJ. His size is going to affect him. And Cejudo's athleticism and quickness will be able to win the day. So uh, to me, if you like TJ in this fight, maybe you look at the under as a correlation. If you like Cejudo in the fight, I think you got to go over because his only chance to win will be to make a decision or to try and get TJ so tuckered out in the fourth, fifth round that he overtakes him. Uh, I happen to think that 
that TJ is just too sharp. I, I really make TJ about a two-to-one favorite, and I lean his way, but I don't think I want to bet this fight right now. I want to watch the weigh-ins. I want to see how these guys look, but I think it's going to be a competitive fight, but I do think TJ is going to end up touching Henry. If Henry does have a really, really large head. Just like our boy Cam Stewart. Yeah, uh, pumpkin big head Cam. Um, co-main event, <laughs> co-main event, Greg Hardy. Mine is five sounds familiar to you. Yeah, Greg the football Hardy. player. Yeah, former uh, Carolina Panther and uh, Dallas Cowboy. Uh, of course, Greg Hardy was uh, essentially, I don't know, was he kicked out of the NFL? Was he banned? I would I say kind of, he Pretty kind much. of kicked out. Yeah, yeah let's put like, it in if you want to really get down to it. Yes, he was kind of like, see ya. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah, his football career came to an end. We'll put it that way. Correct. Yeah, he was, in a, he was an elite football player. And for the record, if uh, you're wondering, well, why did his football career come to an end? Because he's not a nice guy. But um, here we are right now. Years later, he's rehabilitated himself. I mean, it, it is what it is, right? Um, he, hasn't, he hasn't attacked anybody in, in years. I think he's born again Christian or whatever, but... Either way, as Lou would say, and Lou's, Lou's not interested in the social aspect of this. The fact of the matter is he's murdering people in UFC octagons. And it's amazing, though, that there's, there's some negative backlash around Greg Hardy. And then a UFC turn around and make him the co-main event on their first ESPN card. <laughs> so don't tell me ESPN does it or uh, UFC. Any ESPN don't like courting controversy. But uh, nevertheless... He's a monster favorite here, Lou. What do you do with this fight? I mean, you don't really bet fights when it's minus 500, do you? Not unless I like the dog a little bit. And, and here, I, I don't think I can recommend the dog. But what I do think I can recommend is that you don't, you know, Hardy's looked impressive, and he's a big, huge, physical beast. But let's just say this kid Crowder, who fought Willis before and, and got beat by him, but let's just say he goes in there and decides to slow dance with Hardy and and stay so close to him, try and hug him and, and, and smother him and turn the thing ugly. Uh, as I look at this fight and I look at the props, I see fight starts round two plus 175. Sign me up right now. Let's just hope that Crowder can he- see the bell to round two. But I will put a caveat on this. This is a freak show fight. This is placed here as the co-main event just to draw viewership. So if you're going to bet this, like I just recommended, make sure it's just a little milk money or a lunch money bet. The, the real money to be made on these fights, I think, has there's two or three fights uh, below these two that I think offer some value. The next one is uh, Gillespie and Yancey uh, Medeiros. Uh, Gillespie's a, another big favorite, same in the same range as Hardy, guys, uh, minus 500 in this fight. Yeah, and I, I, he probably should be here. Uh, Madero's only shot. He's long and lanky, and and he's a you know he's a talented Hawaiian that works out with Max Holloway, but he absolutely has no wrestling or ground skills. And what's Gillespie? He's a freaking wrestling fiend, <laughs> and he's taken the fight on short notice because he loves the matchup. This is a this is a pretty darn good matchup for Gillespie. Uh, nothing I'm interested in. UFC on ESPN 1. 
we're uh, we're we're starting over again. It got up to UFC on Fox Fight Night 138 or whatever the hell it got up to. Now we're so, uh, this here we are. UFC on ESPN Plus yeah. actually. ESPN Plus. Plus UFC one. on ESPN Plus one. So who nice. knows Dillashaw this Saturday night in Brooklyn, New York. We might go. We might go to the book and watch it. Time will tell. Hang in uh, there. We'll be right back with Lou. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Radio, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm Gabriel Morenzi alongside Cam Stewart. Uh, we'll get to our best bets uh, for tonight. Uh, tell you about the great bonuses that you can get from the sports book, as uh, so well as uh, DailyRoto.com. We'll get into some football as well, but we're talking MMA right now with Lou. So, uh, Lou, let's get into this uh, next uh, fight right now. And, you know, from top to bottom, it's a, it's a fun card. Uh, you've got... Uh, You've got a lot of lot of scrappers on the card. Guys that put on entertaining performances. Women that put on entertaining performances. Fighters with bad intentions to look to finish fights. Um, so we've got Joseph Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz. And man, is Ortiz ever a favorite, Lou? The guy's just always an underdog. Benavidez minus two thirty-five favorite in this fight. Any any love for the underdog? And I asked Lou about the dog because Lou likes the dogs. And what's your thought on this fight? <laughs> Yes. Uh, as everyone that listens probably knows, I do try and find value in the UFC and underdogs. But we got Is Ortiz a loud guy, Lou? Isn't Ortiz a loud no, guy? No, he's not. No, he's not. No? Okay, no. my bad. Sorry. That's okay. There's three lab guys on the card, however. But, but what I was going to say is... Does he Arizona, he got, Ortiz? Not to my knowledge, no. I that can Stewart look him up guy here from, uh, That Stewart guy from Vermont. Yeah. Stewart started at the Power MMA, and after James Nakashima beat him in that championship fight just earlier in the year, he started training at the lab, and he's, he, if you can't beat him, join him. And he's been a really yeah. welcome addition to that team. They, they really like him, and he really likes it there because of the depth of talent and the diversity of all the different kinds of talents that are at the gym. Combat Sports Academy. Dustin Ortiz. Yeah. I don't know where Com- Combat Sport Academy is, but nevertheless, all right, Lou, what's your take on the fight? <laughs> Listen, Ortiz has won three in a row. Yeah, yeah he has. And, and and even though Joe Benavides beat uh, a, a Sergio, I think it was Sergio Pettis his last out, yeah. uh, it was a close fight, and I'm not impressed with Sergio Pettis. Ortiz is, the, is five years the younger fighter, and I think Joe... Is, is arguably the favorite here, but boy, 275 looks kind of steep. At least that's where he opened. I'm looking at him now, and he's 220. And so it's 220, been, Lou. Yeah, but 
220. So it's settled a little bit. You know, listen, Ortiz at plus 180 is something to take a good hard look at. This would be Ortiz or pass for me. Although, again, I think there's a a dog or two on the card below that that I like better. Paige Van Zandt and uh, Ostovich. And it's funny, um, I said when, when this card was announced and they were like, oh, UFC Brooklyn, and and I saw that Paige Van Zandt, I even called it. I said, oh, they'll put Paige Van Zandt on this card. <laughs> and uh, my exact words were, they're going to put Paige Van Zandt on this card so she can get them publicity on Good Morning America and shows like that. Lo and freaking behold, yesterday, who's on Good Morning America? <laughs> She's like the only UFC fighter that could do it, right? So there she is. And it's crazy. I actually like Paige Van Zandt. You know, in the sense that she she's not one of these fighters that's like, oh, she got into MMA and she went right to Dancing with the Stars and stuff, and she's a big diva or whatever. She's freaking tough. She's not that good, but she's freaking tough. Like, this chick is tough. She can take a beating, and it's amazing. Like, you see her on Good Morning America, and she was dressed like sort of like a contestant on Dancing with the Stars. Like, you wouldn't think she was a fighter. And, you know, the fact is, man, you cornrow her hair up and this girl's ready to bring it. Um, as I stated, I mean, she's more hype than, than substance, but she is tough. And the line is kind of fair here, Lou. I don't know what your take on this fight is. So Ostovich, Ostovich is a 4-4 four and four fighter. It seems to me, and Ostovich is the one that unfortunately got attention because her husband attacked her recently. But so Ostovich is fighting. No one really ever knew who Ostovich was before that story, Lou. Four and four fighter. What do, what do you make of this one? Seems to me like they're giving Paige a fight that she can win here. I mean, what you just got done saying is exactly how I think about this fight. Uh, Ostovich is there because she also has good looks, and it's unfortunate what she had to endure in order to get here. But you're exactly right. Paige Van Zandt, I tip my hat to her because Rose Namajunas and a couple of uh, Beck Rawlings, a couple of these gals in, in the fights with uh, Van Zandt. Yeah, <laughs> right. and, she, and she just hung right in there. She's tough as she can be. I think she broke an arm one time, and the day after surgery, she sent it out tweets about it. I mean, I got nothing but respect. Dude, I had the over in that fight. I had the over in that fight. And... Even me, I was like, girl, just tap, man. Oh, Don't get your heart broken, Paige. Like, I felt bad. She sucked it up, Lou. Like, she's yeah. a tough little chick, this girl, man. You know what I mean? She's I got nothing but girl. respect for her. And I think she's a legit favorite. I, I agree with everything you said on that breakdown, Gabriel. I appreciate that. So, uh, yeah, it's a fair number, I think. <laughs> in the minus one, you know, 155 to 70 uh, range. All right, this next one, I'm looking forward to your take here, Lou. Glover took Shara, takes on Carl Roberson. Um, so Tixera, I saw that he was stating, and Tixera is a smart guy, but it's easier to say it than actually do it. But I saw Glover saying that he understands that he's older now and he can't just stand and bang, that he needs to, he needs to expand his game a little bit. And he's always been very hittable, Tixera, and he is slowing down, Lou. What, what do you make of this fight? Yeah, exactly what you said. I, I mean, can, Glover knows he has to go in there and wrestle, but Glover's a, Glover's a banger. 
He, I, I do not believe for a minute that he's going to be able to, once he takes a pop, just decide that he's going to wrestle. Exactly. But I think, by the, I think by the time he decides to wrestle, it's going to be too late. Meanwhile, this Roberson uh, is a really nice, dynamic, long striker, but he has no wrestling or floor skills, so it should be interesting. Here's another kind of an artistic matchup. Will Glover be able to get in there and get his hands on him? Because I think if he can start in close, then up next to the fence, then he's got a shot to bring him to the ground. Um, I, I just, there's no way I could let bet Glover here because his chin is gone. And I do believe that Robertson's going to touch him, and I think it's going to be with a kick. But this is a big step up in class for Robertson here. I mean, he has it. It is. Yeah. Like, it's, I, dude, it's a winnable fight for Glover here. Uh, you know, I, and Lou, there's something we don't talk about, and it's hard to gauge, guys, is the mental aspect of this. ESPN, national television, first ESPN card, you're in Brooklyn, you're in New York. Some guys react differently in a room before, Lou. Some guys tighten up. Some guys will, will like it. Some guys won't like it. You, know, you don't know how fighters are going to react to moments like this, especially guys like Glover Teixeira. And, hey, dude, he's seen it all. You know what I mean? He's been in every stadium, arena, whatever. And, and he's fought everywhere around the world. Now, nothing's going to phase him. You know, when you got a guy, I mean, this is the biggest night of Robertson's life, Lou. Literally. It is. I mean, this is the biggest night forget- of the guy's life. Let's not forget, Gabriel, he, he lives and fights out of Jersey. So he's looking forward to this. And, and yeah. As, pressure. As getting... Even more pressure. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm so, so did Weidman. I'm going to tell you. So did Weidman. So did Weidman, Lou, at MSG last month. <laughs> hey, let, but, but, it, but, you, but nothing happens at every time. At least he time. got a ride every... home in the ambulance. <laughs> It's all a situation, and, and not only that, Weidman wasn't 10 years younger than his opponent. No, I Roberson's don't. Roberson's 28, I don't. and, and Teixeira's 38. I, I, it, there's no way Teixeira is going to execute a high IQ fight plan. I'm sorry. Cowboy Cerrone. Cam, uh, Cam knows Cowboy. Cowboy, yeah, Cowboy. Uh, Cerrone uh, against Alexander Hernandez. I don't know much about Alexander Hernandez. Uh, Lou, I'll be honest with you. What can you tell me about this fight? Alexander Hernandez is a hand grenade. He is short, compact, explosive, powerful, and and violent, and he he comes with bad intentions. The key to this fight, again, we got another nine-year difference. So Hernandez is a much younger, more explosive man, but just 26. like Teixeira, just like Teixeira, you've got a guy in Cerrone that's cagey, and I don't think Cerrone's uh, skills have eroded as much as Teixeira's have. Let's also understand that uh, Cerrone is going back down to 155 from 170, okay? So he's going to have some size on Hernandez. I but prefer I don't the 155, know. yeah. I, I don't, yeah, but I don't know what he's going to have left at 155, to be quite honest with you. I, uh, I just think this is a really, really bad spot for Donald Cerrone. And if you can find Hernandez uh, listed anywhere at 180 or below, I'd have, you, I'd have to tell you, you've got to take a good, long, hard look at that. Uh, he's mostly 200 everywhere, and that's probably at least right. I mean... He's going to beat Don Cerrone. 
I see the total is one and a half. One and a half rounds, minus 150 to the over, Lou. Can Cowboy get this uh, past seven and a half minutes? Yeah, I think it's one and a half, fifty I'm to thinking. the overs, exactly. I mean, this isn't going to be easy yeah. on Hernandez. Listen, Cowboy exactly. Cerrone's no, no pushover. I mean, well, you know, I'm going to give him his due, and he's going to be KG and Coy, but at the end of the day, I, this, this, this kid here and is, you like is Cowboy really a dynamic player. You had Cowboy I did like Perry Cowboy. too, didn't you? Huh? I I did. I, I did, because I think that when you get a, a, a fighter against a mixed martial artist, you don't have a fight. Lou uh, with oh. us. All right, Lou, so what are the fights? You said you got a couple undercard fights here. Yeah, well, we got and, Joe Calderwood. Yes, Calderwood. Finishing off a brownie. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned Calderwood, but, but, but I don't like her. And I said I liked a dog. Uh, I said I liked a dog or two on the card. And, and quite honestly, by now, uh, there's a little bit of word out. There's a fight between Dennis Bermudez and T. Edwards. And T. Edwards is an MMA lab kid. T. Edwards' last fight out, he got iced. He got knocked out. And I think he went in there kind of cocky. Uh, he, he was, you know, it was a little high on his hog. But I like how he's been recentered. Now, he's fighting Dennis Bermudez, but let's understand again, this fight is at 155 pounds. T. Edwards, a 28-year-old kid, Bermudez been fighting at 145 his whole career, and he's somewhat undersized, at least as far as height yeah. and length at 145. He's moving up uh, to fight this kid, Edwards, and Edwards is a better wrestler, and Edwards has unbelievable pop in his right hand and we know Dennis Bermudez has a little bit of a fragile beak in fact it's porcelain <laughs> so so not only do I like T Edwards but if you go to the props Gabriel and you can and you want to shop Edwards inside the distance plus 155 or 160 that's my bet and, and I would recommend people take a look at it right now because I think Edwards, uh, I think the Bermudez camp believes this is a good match for them, and I have, I think that they have no clue what they're getting into. It's interesting what I find reading between the lines on that fight is, as you mentioned, so T. Edwards coming off a loss to uh, to Don Madge, who you know nobody really knows. As you said, he gets smoked, he gets kicked in the head, uh, knocked out. So no one really knows him, and, you know, he loses to, a, to kind of a nobody, a no-name. Yet here he is as a favorite, Lou, minus 125 against a name fighter in Bermudas uh, like this. Obviously, uh, T. Edwards gets some respect from the odds maker here. Well, he, you know, he opened plus 130, and, and that's why I said earlier that, uh, that I had a dog because I got him early. I got him at plus 105 when he was – still a dog and so what you're so saying is so you somebody the <laughs> no no what i'm saying is there's other people out there that are studied in in the there's other people out there that are that are somewhat studied and knowledgeable that know what t edwards has this is a bad matchup for bermuda i mean anybody when you got a glass jaw and you don't want to be in there with a big huge striker um so you mentioned you said you brought up calderwood she's plus 175 She's another one, Lou, that I'm a fan of her heart. This chick's got a lot of heart. She's tough as hell. 
Um, she doesn't have a good stand-up game, but it seems like this is a decent matchup uh, for her here. Uh, plus 170. Um, I'll be taking a look at the over. We'll take a look at the, the over rounds. And Bilal Muhammad is an underdog, too. Any other of these other underdogs catch your eye at all, Lou? You nailed it, uh, Gabriel. Bilal Muhammad, I, 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 why is he an underdog? He looked good at his it's last fight. Je- well, Jeff Neal, he moves, he's slick, and he's cute. But I don't know that he's going to stand in there and bang with Bilal <laughs> Muhammad. Uh, yeah. Is this Stewart I, guy going to win, Lou? He's making his Pardon debut. I, why, he gotta lay, is Stewart going to win? He, why, why is he laying 65 in, in this fight, isn't it? Yeah, is his debut? Guy looks like my cousin, it, Stewart. It, no, it is his, guy. It, Holy crap, it, he does it, look it, like you're related. It, it, yes, he is. He, he, he's a ginger, just like Cam. And he's, a great, he's actually a great kid, and he works his tail off. And James oh, Nakashima... That, that James Nakashima fight taught him a lot, and he's been worked. I, I really like him in this fight. He's not an underdog. but And I know uh, Rick Contour just fought against Bilal Muhammad his last out and got beat. Uh, Kyle Stewart, I, I think he's going to be in a good spot in this fight, but I, I'm not going to bet him as a 165 favorite. I want to watch him and see how he handles his first UFC event, but it's nice that there's three MMA lab guys in Brooklyn uh, because it'll be good for, you know, Eddie Cha and John Crouch to go out there and have a whole bunch of them, and hopefully they all do well. Uh, so, Lou, you're saying your favorite Muhammad is like the that's the one dog that you really, really like over Neil plus 150? You love that? You love I, that price? I, I do. I want to watch weigh-ins. I want to I look at everything. Right now, the firm bet that I have that I would recommend and put my name on is T. Edwards inside the distance. That's, that's the angle, and you're going to get a plus number on that. And I also have to say that if Robertson at you know, plus 105 or even plus 100, I, I like the spot for him too. Uh, Cam, uh, I thought you, know, you kept asking about Stewart. Uh, because of the last name, but now that he looks we like find my cousin. out, he, yeah, that he looks like your cousin. You're gonna have money on this guy, aren't you? Now, <laughs> you got to bet I on Kyle Stewart. Yeah, of course I. I bet on the. I always bet on your name. If there was a Morenci there, you got to bet him. I bet on the Black Stewart, uh, the dentist. And he won the last fight, so I'm all in, buddy. <laughs> got to support your namesake, black or white, Morenci. It doesn't you bet matter. Bet on the black Brent. guy named Stewart. He came through for you. Yeah, the dentist. He was a big dog too. He got it done. Knockout. Bam. All right, we'll hit the NFL on the other side with Lou. Yeah. Great stuff, great Ooh. insight. Talking MMA with Lou. We got Joey Odessa will be coming on the morning after show later in the week. So we're not done uh, hitting UFC Brooklyn, NFL football on the other side. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
Liberty Finder, San Antonio. Tweets in a MMA DFS lineup. Bilal Muhammad, TJ Dillashaw, Alex Hernandez, Gillespie, Dustin Ortiz, T. Edwards. No change, Cam. Zero no change. change. No change. <laughs> you started something in the DFS industry. No change. <laughs> yeah, no change. All right. That was fun talking MMA. Like I said, we'll do it again. Uh, we'll do it again uh, and probably tomorrow morning, actually, with Joey Odessa on the morning after. Let's talk NFL football right now. Lou, we're down to the final four. Top four offenses in the National Football League. Top offense in the NFL. Kansas City, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, 35 points a game. Rams, number two, at 32 a game. The, uh, the Saints score 30 a game. And then the Pats are the fourth-ranked offense at uh, 28 points a game. So, you know, we, all, we were all brought up with defense wins championships. But I've been saying, and I'm not going to deny, that the, the higher-ranked defense has won like 80% of the Super Bowls, like in a head-to-head matchup. But with that being stated, if you don't score points, you're not getting to the Super Bowl. So I get, you know, you're gonna. There's gonna be a time in a championship game. You're gonna have to come up with a stop, and your defense is, you know, you you need to have a defense that's capable of that. But you know, Chicago Bears had a great defense. Gone. Baltimore gone. Houston Texans gone. If you're a pedestrian offense, it's very difficult to win three football games in a row. Me and Cam were talking about it yesterday about the Virginia Cavaliers in basketball, and. They're a suffocating defense. They kick the crap out of teams in the regular season. They're now 13-3 and against the spread on the year. But they get to the tournament, and they never win because it's inevitable that through a six-game window, you're, you can't control the pace all the time. And then they fall behind, and it's like, oh, shit, we can't score 13 points in four minutes because it's not the style that we play. And we see this in the NFL, but what do you make of this uh, all this offense like dominating this year? Is it just an anomaly, or is this a sign of things to come? I think it's a reflection of the rules. I think it's a sign of things to come. That said, uh, being an old-school guy, as I look at the artistic matchups between these two teams, I do believe that it's going to be, in each case, the team with the deeper, more balanced team and the better defense is going to move on. Now, the question yeah, well, is, so who are the more balanced teams? Who? New England? Yes. New England have the highest-ranked defense out of these four teams, guys. But I think it's skewed because they play against the Buffalo Bills twice, the Miami Dolphins twice, and the New York Jets twice. So that's six games. Who's And, and all the aforementioned teams, their offenses are all, you know, rookie quarterbacks, injured guys, or, you know. So I think it, it, it makes their defense look a little bit better than it does. But, you know, Patriot defense came to play last week. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Mark Lawrence brought up that now after last week's performance against the Eagles, the Saints defense has worked their way into the top ten. So the Saints are the only team left in the playoffs that are ranked in the top ten in offense and defense, Lou. Yeah, the stats, I, I use Football Outsiders database, and he uses a – premium DDOA, and basically what DDOA means, it measures the importance of the situation. So on first and 10, a five-yard run is important. But on fourth and four, a five-yard run is way more important. He, weigh, he weighs those 
measurements and stats and comes up with ratings that I trust. And in New Orleans in the Rams, you have the sixth-ranked DVOA in the Rams against the second-ranked DVOA in New Orleans, but you have to look a little closer. Where is the matchup? And the matchup is within the third-ranked New Orleans offense, they have the eighth-ranked rushing attack. And when you look at the L.A. Rams defense, they're decent against the pass, but they're 28th-ranked against the rush. So there's going to be an opportunity for New Orleans to rush the ball against the Rams. Consequently, the Rams' fifth-ranked pass offense is going to clearly see opportunity to work against the 22nd-ranked New Orleans Saints pass defense. So I think we're going to see a game where the Rams are going to be throwing the ball and the Saints are going to be running the ball. And I think it's going to be a really interesting dynamic. And the one thing that I will say is that in their first game when these two played, Tlaib Akeem was not in the game. He did not play. That's a huge, huge difference for the Rams to get Tlaib back. And Tlaib's going to be covering Michael Thomas. Okay? So this game's going to be – this game is not the same two teams. I I really think, quite honestly, that though New Orleans is probably going to move on, I can't get past three and a half points with the Rams. And so, in my opinion, I think the Rams plus three and a half has to be the way that I'd like to take it. Uh, because I just think New Orleans at home, they they just, that passing offense since week 14 on has been Michael Thomas. There's no tight end. There's no second wide receiver. And I think they're a little limited. And now you compound that with getting to lead back. And, and Lou, we talked to Mark Lawrence earlier and, uh, Great stuff, Gabe. I'm really glad you sent me the playbook because just looking at these uh, home and road splits and the reverse dichotomies of them, it's crazy. Like, you look at the Saints, they give up more points at home, Lou, 24.3 at home on the road, 18.5. Conversely, the Rams, they give up 27.4 points a game at the Coliseum, 19.9 away. I think, And we also get that hook. That half point could be pretty huge there, Lou. I sure think it's going to be huge, and I I really look, you know, again, it's hard to beat a team twice in a row. Uh, It's New Orleans that has all the pressure on them in this game, and while I give a coaching edge to New Orleans, because Peyton, let's remember, the original Sean McVay is is Sean Peyton. So, uh, I mean, Peyton, everybody's going to have their ears pinned back here, and while New Orleans is the more balanced team, their pass defense is terrible, and that's where the Rams are strong. Uh, interesting uh, breakdown between Cam and uh, and Lou. Uh, C.J. Anderson is another dynamic uh, that wasn't there in the first matchup as well, Lou. And we're seeing C.J. Anderson takes a lot of pressure off of Todd Gurley. Um, it leaves Todd Gurley. Uh, Todd Gurley's fresher uh, right now. And not just that he's fresher, Anderson's a freaking low to stop, right? Like, he's yeah, hard Gert, to tackle the ball. Got, he wears... Gert, it, as soon as this season ends, we're going to read that Gurley had knee operation on a meniscus, on a this, on a that, on the other thing. That's yeah, why Anderson's yeah. there. And and you know what? How about tipping our hat to C.J. Anderson, who is kind of a journeyman, getting passed from one place to another to another, but he wouldn't quit. 
He always believed in himself, and now yep. he gets presented with this opportunity. What an awesome story. You know, the best is, Lou, why we love you. Me and Marenzi have been back. We're the president of the C.J. Anderson fan club for years, like when people were calling him a dog and stuff. We always, when he was with Denver and stuff. He's been good, man. Right, Marenzi? You you talk about that Super Bowl. He That big run was the difference. C.J. Anderson has been good. He's he's a good back. I don't understand why people think he stinks because they're crazy. He's good. Yeah, he's big time. I think the results, All right. the results speak for themselves. Yep. Um, so the other matchup is uh, is really turning into quite the um, into quite the uh, the situation here, and of course we brought up to something just to bring up. We brought it up earlier with Mark Lawrence. Uh, Bill Vinovich will be the referee of the Rams in the, Sa- the Saints game, and uh, the Rams are zero and eight uh, with games that uh, Vinovich has officiated um, in in um, in Vinovich's career, and five and three. The uh, the Saints are five and three yet. Which leads us to the next game. So we've got this polar Arctic vortex that everybody keeps talking about. And Lou, you know, listen, you're you're a Midwest guy. You lived in Chicago. Um, you know, you were in Nebraska. There's a difference between like people are soft now. You know, 15 degrees is cold, but it's not like you're not going to die cold. You know what I mean? It's it's cold. Like Cam, I told you, it's minus nine. In Canada, it's minus nine. It's like yeah. all right, it's cold. I can, but it's cold. It's not, and I, I played hockey outdoors. Kim, I played hockey outdoors, not even when I was a kid, as an adult. Like you know, this is about like fifteen, about you know, maybe about twenty years ago or so. But I got a pair of skates, and um, I, I bought a new pair of skates, and I was all eager to go out and play. And it was like minus twenty-two out, and I went out there, and I never forget. I walked into a store. I got a Gatorade, and I had the skates and the stick and everything. And uh, it was a Korean dude in the store, and he told me, you true Canadian. <laughs> he goes, you play hockey outside? And I'm like, yeah. I said, beautiful day. Beautiful day for hockey. And uh, no yeah, one was at the rink. Uh, yeah, it was just like it was, it was perfect weather. You got a sweat going, and, you know, you don't even realize it's cold. So it's just funny. I hear, oh, my God, Arctic polar. It's like minus nine. It's minus. And 15 it's degrees minus right here, is not like Ryan. polar. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's nothing. It's not like it's nothing. It's not polar death, guys. All right? So everyone needs no, to chill out on the weather. It. But it is going to be cold. The game's at night. And and you throw in this, there's a blood moon, guys. There's a like lunar the eclipse. Moon. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lunar eclipse that's happening that's extremely rare. Uh, you know, I know it's, it's happened a couple of years ago, but this is like a super like wolf it. blood moon. So the moon is going to turn red right around halftime in this football game. Chiefs which red. Which is pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> yes. Like I yes. said, it takes a, uh, a solar lunar eclipse to get Andy Reid to the Super Bowl again. But this is what it takes. This is what it takes. I think the Chiefs are getting there, Lou. Uh, well, I, I can tell you this. It, it, it's, <laughs> nobody in the stadium is going to see the blood moon because it's going to be 24 degrees and cloudy there, okay? And this cold, this thing about the cold, forget about oh, it. We'll back see it on TV. Played, back when I played, and, and you're gonna, everybody going to laugh back when you played. Hey, you know who I played with? Actually, who I played against. 
the referee in the New England and Kansas City game, Cleet Blakeman, he was a quarterback for Nebraska. And just after college, when I was playing football in a semi-pro league back there, he was a quarterback of an opposing team. And back when we played, I played in short sleeve shirts and short pants when it was 19 degrees out. And that's because I prepared. I ran before the game, broke a huge sweat, and then wore 10 coats on during the time that I wasn't on the field, whether it was offense or defense. And I kept my sweat going so that when I hit the field, I was hot and sweaty and ready to go. These players have heated benches, heated shoes, uh, thermal underwear. There is going to be no effect from the cold. There's not the going to be The field is heated, even. The yeah, field exactly. is heated. Yeah, yeah like great uh, but it, it's, it's a, it's a state-of-the-art system. Listen, there's going to be points scored in this game, guys. And, and I know when we were in Vegas and we saw the thing open at 58, I laughed because I thought that was a little too high. But now it's going down maybe a little too extravagantly. This game is not going to be a shootout. But, but I do see some points being scored. And, again, I'll go back to DVOA. The Patriots have the ninth best rushing attack according to DVOA and they're facing the Kansas City 32nd ranked rush defense but let's look a little closer and realize that not only is D Ford healthy now but Justin Houston their all-world rush linebacker edge rusher who didn't play in the first New England game he's back for their defense so I see Kansas City's defense after last week's game, as playing well better, not only than their DVOA suggests, but just by the eye test the last four or five weeks, and especially the Kansas City defense at home, dominates. Now, I'm going to use a Mark Lawrence statistic that I heard this morning. I'm sure he probably mentioned it with you guys. Maybe he didn't. But after a team scores 40 points in a playoff game, and this is since 1996 forward. You score 40 points in a playoff game. The next game, that team is 5-25-1 against the spread. And if we take it a step further, and again, these are Mark Lawrence's numbers. If you go from division game to championship game where the team has scored 40 points, their next game they are 2-11-1. So there are huge trends against New England. But that said, this is Belichick. This is Brady. And I think the running game that they have with Sony Michelle, they're going to they're gonna show up and play power football against Kansas City, and they've been showing us that's what they were going to do for the last eight weeks. So I see this as being an unbelievable matchup. And on one day, Gabe, I'm going to tell you Kansas City's going to dethrone them. On the next day, I'm going to say that this is going to be Belichick's greatest coaching uh, feat and Brady's greatest accomplishment. It, it's going to be fun to watch, but I got no clue what's going to happen. <laughs> but it sounds like you're leading with the over <laughs> as a total yeah. total drops. And I agree, I agree with the mentality 55. as well. Look, last week it was interesting. Kansas City and Indianapolis, guys, you remember, it was the same thing. You know, uh, freezing rain, sleet, sideways rain, wet. And, oh, the weather's going to be terrible. Weather's going to be terrible. They put up 31 points in the first half. They were scoreless in the second when the weather was better. 
Thank when God, the because I had the, the under. Half, yeah, so you were thinking, you, did you think you were dead in the water, Lou? Like at one point? Absolutely. Like, oh, it just doesn't I, stop. <laughs> I, I, had, I knew I was dead in the water, and I was, I was really upset with it because, uh, because, I, because of the effort that Indy displayed, quite honestly. But then the second half happens, and lo and behold, you know, I'd, I'd rather be lucky than good. Yeah, it was lucky. It was just Lord Gamble yeah. was looking out for people. Block punt. There's a lot of things. There's, there's, you know what I'm saying, though. It happens. Games. Oh, yeah, you see yeah, it. It's yeah, in, yeah. usually in spurts. You want to have to But the half. same thing. And then on Sunday, and then on Sunday, it was the same thing. Oh, it's so cold in Boston and blah, blah. They put up like 70-plus yeah. points combined. <laughs> Lou, Lou brought up good points about the sidelines, the technology. They've all got the little heated heat packs and this and that. Yeah, and they'll the be Heaters fine, on the man. sideline. And thermal underwear. Too, oh, yeah, thermal underwear, those heat shake pack things in their shoes. And then um, and then on top of it, as I stated, they talked about it last week. Uh, at Arrowhead Stadium, they have a system. There's a heater under the field. The field great, can never great. get below 30 degrees. It's the best. It's like it's an like, NFL yeah. policy. It's not like the old days when guys were playing on ice. Remember the Montreal Oets and the Edmonton Eskimos? Yeah, uh, in the Great Cup, they had to put staples under their shoes at halftime. They actually, they were like, "We got to do something because we're playing on ice." But the NFL, it's a policy, so the field can't get under 30 degrees. The field's gonna be fine. Great stuff with Lou Gamblue.com. Follow him on Twitter at Gamblue. Thanks, Lou. Good luck, All everyone. Best, Lou. Thank you. Excellent stuff. Thanks for your time, Lou.